Hey everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. All right, everyone, this is a very exciting day for a couple of reasons, but the reason that is most exciting to me is that our dear, lovely, beautiful, vivacious, wonderful housekeeper, who we lovingly call Sada, is making her world-famous banana bread today. Now, this is a time-honored tradition in our household that every so often bananas will start to turn really brown and she will take it upon herself to concoct her famous banana bread to which she typically adds chocolate chips. She usually uses fun little flower-shaped ramekins to make individualized like little cups of banana bread. Sometimes she'll make like a loaf, sometimes she'll make like a cake kind of size. She really just goes at it. She has the mem- the recipe tattooed to her brain and she just goes in the kitchen and feels it out. I'm not going to lie, some batches are better than others, but I have a lot of faith and hope in this particular batch today because I think we have some really ripe bananas and she hasn't made it in a while, so I'm really excited for it. I'm so excited for it. This is one of my very favorite foods on the planet. Growing up around my birthday, sods would make me banana bread. Then sometimes it would get brought to school for me. I remember one year specifically, I think Gigi brought an entire cake-sized loaf of the banana bread in a plastic bag. And (laughs) we were supposed to- Great (laughs) presentation in a plastic bag. I even actually recently, when Lily got back from Barcelona, we had some frozen banana bread that she had made in our freezer. And so I brought it once again in a plastic bag (laughs) to Lily's house. Sorry, please continue. The Stabat sisters love their plastic bag presentation. (laughs) No, we don't. No, we don't. Save the earth. Sorry. We got reusable um We do bags. have reusable I'm bags. I'm so now. sorry. I did not. Don't ever go on the record and say we <laughs> love plastic. I'm here to go on the record and say I hate plastic. Okay, F plastic. Getting back to my story. I got this loaf of banana bread brought to me. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat it right now because we have lacrosse practice after school. Like, you're not going to eat a whole cake and then go practice for lacrosse. And then we got a text from our coach that something came up and practice got canceled on my birthday. And I remember <laughs> sitting at lunch, eating the entire cake of banana bread and loving every bite. Wow. I would also just like to make clear our um, housekeeper, beloved Sara. Her name is Sarah, S-A-R-A. But Given that she is from from Nicaragua and the way that she pronounces her own name, it is Sara. And so the way that we as kids pronounced it was like as if it was S-A-D-A. But of course, there is a natural evolution of things. So any name from Sara to Sadi to Sads is acceptable. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just whatever feels right in the moment. So I just want to make clear that like, all of the names used in this storytelling are still referring to the same person. I actually think I have a memory on Snapchat, either from today or maybe a few days from now, or maybe it was a few days ago. But I'm actually, you know what? I know for certain it was a few days ago. Of four years ago, it was Saudi had made back to school banana bread. And I was sending the Snapchat to be like, guys, we are 
armed and we're ready to take on the back to school process with our banana bread. And I've had a lot of banana bread in my life and nothing compares. Like, I don't know what she's putting in it that is making it so perfect. But like, my love for banana bread is pretty exclusive to this banana bread. And that is because I devote so much of my heart to it. I don't have any other room in my heart for other banana breads. Another thing that's been going on with Sada recently is actually that she has a niece back in Nicaragua who is pregnant and is going to be having a little baby boy soon. And this little baby boy actually happens to have an older sister who's about 13, whose name is Julia, which if you don't know, is actually Gigi's full name. This is an Italian name. It's very uncommon. Not a lot of people have it or have even heard of it, know how to pronounce it, etc. But many years ago, when little baby Julia was about to be born in Nicaragua, the mom was looking for names and she asked Sada. And Sada, of course, recommended the name of her beloved Gigi, aka Julia. So there is a young girl in Nicaragua who is named after Gigi. And she goes by Julia, and that's pretty much what everyone calls her. Which I would just like for it to be known. I think that the idea was they wanted an American-sounding name um, because now that Sadi's niece is having another child, a young boy, she's been asking for American boy names that can't be changed over into a, like, Spanish name. Yeah. So they gave the example of, like, They wouldn't want the name Albert because everyone in Nicaragua would just call him Alberto or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Sada asked us to make a list of American boy names that could not be translated into Spanish. We came up with a comprehensive list. Well, okay, hang on. All I was saying was I would just like to point out the humor in the fact that they were looking for an American name for young baby Julia. Sadi gave my name, which is not even a common Italian name as far no, as I know. I don't think so. And yet a little girl in Nicaragua <laughs> is running around with my name, which, you know, spread the love. Love to all Gilias across the earth. Yeah. If you are out there listening. Um, but yes, back to baby boy of uh, Sadi's niece. Yeah. So after Gilia, the niece actually already had another girl. And this other girl was unfortunately not named Liesl, which would have been iconic. Um, But they probably rejected that because that didn't really vibe with them for whatever reason. But I feel like I've had a resurgence in getting a child in Nicaragua named after me because the number one pick at the moment for baby boy that we recommended is Liam, which I feel honors both Liesl and Lily by starting with a Lee. Yes, I love it. I love that I'm being honored in this family. Yes, and she's due to give birth um, any day now, so we wish her a safe uh, delivery of little baby Liam, and we hope that everything goes well, and we're sending all of our love to Nicaragua. We were hoping to be able to visit Nicaragua possibly this summer. Obviously, with COVID, that was not possible, but we are very hopeful that in the future, we'll be able to go to Nicaragua and enjoy that experience with our beloved Sats. All right, so this episode is the third and final installment in our series, The Personal Pods. 
this will be the fabulous Gigi's episode. So of course, as tradition would indicate, we have to start out with dun 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 judging Gigi. Now, this is a series of three questions that we think will provide some insight and let you into the mysterious world of Miss Gigi. The first question that we have for you is, what do you think is the best smell in the world? Now, I ask you this knowing fully well that you are far on the nose blind spectrum and you do not have a particularly strong sense of smell. But is there a smell in the world that you particularly enjoy? Yeah, I really love this question. <clears throat> Even though I do identify as partially nose blind, <laughs> um, I do still have, you know, enough smell, smelling senses <laughs> to, to scrounge, scrounge my way by. <laughs> um, but I mean, immediately and and even after giving it some thought of the, you know, little bit of time between when you first asked me this question and this moment, I still strongly feel the answer is chocolate chip cookies. Like the smell of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies is one of my favorite smells ever. And like, I'm sure that there are other answers that I could come up with. Like, I don't know, other smells, but, but that's the one that just feels most true in this moment and throughout my life. Like when I've been asked that question the few times that I have, that feels like the answer. Yes. And this does actually bring something up that is something that's, in my opinion, important to know about Gigi, which is that in middle school, she became a little mini entrepreneur and started selling eggless cookie dough at our middle school. She would go around and tell people that she was making cookie dough that you could just eat because it didn't have eggs in it. Well, I would just like to clarify, it honestly was a situation where I was I was dedicated. My first email was cookie doughy 11. I think yeah. I've even mentioned that before on this podcast. Excuse me. This podcast. And can people still email cookie doughy 11? Yeah, 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 yeah. I still have access to it. <laughs> um, but I don't check it on a regular basis. <laughs> so I'd much prefer that you reach out to me at sophomorecitizens at gmail.com. Um, but all of that aside, I did have a little business going for myself during middle school, but it was really just due to popular demand. I had this passion and then by word of mouth, everyone was like, Gigi, I will pay you cold, hard cash for these goods. Right. And I was like, you know what? The people want what they want and I am here to provide it. And anyone who we went to middle school with that's listening, 100% remembers this, like, I feel like people are not that we're talking to our middle school BFFs all the time, but I feel like it's brought up from time to time. There are there are still very loyal fans of the Gigi cookie dough for sure. And I feel like even people in younger grades like know about it. I can think of a couple examples, but we don't need to get into that. But Gigi, that was a fabulous response. And I do think that that um, is very accurate for you. Yeah. Okay. So the next question in judging Gigi is, Gigi, what do you think the closest thing in the world to real magic is? (gasps) Wi-Fi. Like without a doubt, Wi-Fi is magic. (laughs) Like I have pondered this question for years. What are the substances, like the worldly physical, tangible substances necessary for Wi-Fi to happen. And I still don't have an answer. Like 
Why is it stronger some places and weaker others? Why do I have to pay for it? What are the resources? How does it work? How come? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) So like, as much as maybe there are other things like love or whatever (laughs) that are maybe magical, like to me, Wi-Fi is magic. That's the closest thing we've got. Totally. Okay. And the final question in judging Gigi is, what is the most interesting thing you've seen on social media in this past week? That's really tough. I, um, goodness, I, I genuinely do feel like part of the reason that I took a break from social media, um, a few, like I took a substantial break from social media a few years ago where I was completely off it for like a little over a month, I think. And it was partially because I just thought like I literally when I would explain to people partially why I was doing it was because I'd be like, tell me about one thing that you saw on social media this morning. And like people can't like it's so mindless that there's no there's no like absorption of of the material because there's just no substance, period. But if I had to choose something, um, I would definitely say a TikTok one that is this trend where you like use a specific song and you say, um, I'm so horny that I did X, Y, and Z, like stupid or embarrassing thing. And I actually have a screenshot of it because I was sharing it with Liesl the other day just because I thought it was funny. Um, this guy said, so horny. I told Shorty her chunky ass mountain climber feelers were sexy. <laughs> um, and I just think that's funny, <laughs> especially because um, my friend Carly and I have for quite some time had a running joke about clompers, which is like any shoe that has a platform on it and that clompers can be cute, clompers can be super ugly, specifically the the huge mountain climber filas are a big no from us. Um, so I just, you know, that really resonated with me personally. I don't know if TikTok is technically social media, but that's my answer. No, yeah. When I came up with this question, I was 99% sure you were going to respond with some TikTok. Because I truly do feel like, although it does in in some instances suck a lot of my time, it is far more enriching and, you know, um, substantive than other forms of social media, in my opinion. Okay, great. So now we're going to head into the section of this episode where we are going to list out all of the fun, crazy, interesting, weird, etc. things that Lily and I could come up with about Gigi that we thought that she might want to expand upon, talk about, justify, explain. And this will help you all to get to know Gigi a little bit better. Um, So this is the same format as all of the rest of the episodes in this series. And if you have not gone back and listened to the Liesl and the Lily episodes, we would highly recommend doing that. So hopping into the first topic for Gigi, I, I only have two words, which are devil's advocate. Care to explain, Gigi? Yes. So I would say of all the games, my favorite to play is Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where this tendency comes from exactly, but I actually remember first becoming like conscious of this tendency in group therapy. We had talked about how, or 
It was something related to group therapy. I can't quite remember if it was like during that session or during one of my one-on-one sessions where we were reflecting on some group therapy stuff. But regardless, I just kind of made the realization that like some people, when they're listening to someone's story, are so likely to take that person's stance and like really agree with everything that they have to say. And some people are more likely to want to give a voice to the other party when they're when the person that you're with is explaining the story, if that makes sense. Um, And I remember my therapist just trying to urge us all to take on more of an attitude that like this other person that you're being told about is a question mark. We don't want to necessarily come to their defense or completely take the side of the person that's in front of us. But it's like, ultimately, we don't know the other person's perspective on the whole story. But I feel like that's why I I feel such a, a strong sense of urgency to like, come to that person's defense because they aren't there. And I think what it's turned into, especially with this whole playing devil's advocate, it's not that I'm necessarily siding with the other person, but I always want to make sure that we aren't ignoring other possible perspectives. Right. And so I, because this is something that I know about myself, I do my best to reassure the person that I'm with that's confiding with me, confiding in me about something that like, I believe them, I validate what's going on. But like, let's consider how the other person was feeling or what other factors might have been at play to make the situation go down the way that it did. Yeah. And I think that like, because you have this understanding of the fact that when you're hearing a story from one person, you know, you're hearing only their side of it. Like, I think for a long time, you had the tendency to just overcompensate and give the benefit of the doubt just slightly more to that other person which was really frustrating being your sister and trying to just talk shit about people like you know most people enjoy doing and you be like no but they were probably just like in a really bad mood they had a bad day or like whatever you would say to like justify their behavior and it's I think you have become a lot better at being like Liesl you're right. I I got you, but like also let's let's consider and talk about like the fact that they were probably going through something or they were probably had other reasons that they were behaving that way. Whereas when this tendency first really popped up a lot, it it you would oftentimes I would feel like I would tell you something and you would just side with the other person who you don't even know. Totally. And I feel like it is great that through therapy and just my own self-reflection that I've come to understand that. Um and I I want to stress that it's like my tendency to play devil's advocate, it comes out in serious conversations. It comes out in casual conversations. I don't know what it is, but it is such an ingrained part of, of the way that I, you know, process in- information process even like, and interact with others. It's like, it's like, unlike other people who just hear a story and just kind of take it at face value, like Gigi genuinely take absorbs the story and then it's like but what was the other person thinking feeling and doing at that exact moment in time and then she calibrates you know this whole response um but I do think that you have gotten better about just trying to be measured Mm -hmm. um as opposed to just siding with the devil being deep entrenched in Dante's inferno (laughs) um when we try to have conversations Mm -hmm. okay so Gigi the next topic that we have for you is your extreme need for tight as a child. (laughs) Do you care to explain this? (laughs) Okay, so I will say that this is something that is kind of difficult to explain. And we've given it a name. I know Liesl called it a need for tight. 
but <laughs> um, like I think it's better illustrated through a different name, which is five pairs of underwear, <laughs> <laughs> which is somehow even weirder. But I, as a child, um, just had this obsessive need for certain like bodily sensations. I know that sounds so bizarre, but like I, another way that I think is, is good to maybe understand this and maybe something that others can relate to, but for, I, I want to stress that for me, it was like an extreme discomfort with this. Whereas for most, this is a mild discomfort. For example, when you're wearing a long sleeve shirt and then you put your arm into another sweater and it bunches up inside, like if you don't, you know, clench the sleeve in your fist before putting it through the other sleeve, like the way that that would feel on my arm would send me into a rampage of, of, of rage, you know, and like, I don't know. I honestly don't even have memory of putting on five pairs of underwear, but like it was this obsessive need to feel the way that I wanted to feel. And I don't know why putting on five pairs of underwear did that. Or five is dramatic, but it was always multiple for a, for a brief period for a brief of time. Period. Yeah. It was very consistently. And it was funny because Gigi had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday underwear. <laughs> and she would put on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I always thought that was really funny, but it it, it was genuinely just like, it, I think as a kid, you know, a lot of um, obsess, obsessions or like obsessive tendencies can be like a little bit exaggerated. And it, it's like, I think the experience was kind of like when you have an itch that you just really need to scratch. Totally. It was just like a sensation that Gigi needed to experience. And she would even make our dad like tie her shoelaces for soccer so, like for super, soccer like, the cleats needed to be like literally tattooed on her feet <laughs> and like I think it also kind of goes into like if my shoes are the way they're supposed to be like I'll play great you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it's it's similar to the if then statements of obsessive tendencies and it's the itch that needs to be scratched another example is I did horseback riding as a kid and I would wear my helmet and then at a certain point it felt like my own head had loosened my helmet so I put like a couple tissues in there to try and like you know tighten it back up and then it would obviously in my head loosen every time I wore it so I'd add a couple more tissues and one time my instructor (laughs) was like why is your helmet so high on your head she made me take it off and exposed me for all the tissues that were in there and literally like I remember feeling so weird and feeling so exposed um and I'm glad that I've outgrown a lot of these tendencies and I like Liesl had said the five pairs of underwear was a brief moment the tissues in the helmet a brief moment my shoes needing to be super tight a brief moment for the most part so it's like I don't really have that much of an explanation for this and even like my mom at one point when this stuff was going on and I went to the doctor, my mom had asked the doctor, like, or the pediatrician or whoever, like, is this normal? Like, should I be worried? And the doctor was like, no, like, kids do this weird shit all the time and, like, she'll grow out of it. And naturally, I did. I no longer wear several pairs of underwear and no longer have, 
you know, rampages caused by the sleeve scrunching up under another sleeve. So I'm happy to report that I've overcome these things. But every once in a while, Gigi will have like a weird need for something or like dislike of something. And I'll, I'll have to ask like, Gigi, is this like a five pairs of underwear sort of moment? And sometimes she'll be like, yes, like I am just getting that same sensation of just like, discomfort and like a need for something yeah and sometimes you're like no Liesl this is just me being a normal person but yeah it is kind of a funny thing that we you know have to check in about totally all right the next thing about Gigi is that she created something that is very important to me to Liesl to everyone we know and love called chicken week ah we love chicken week it also um did really impact my life as well so Gigi I'll let you explain it a little bit before I share why it impacted me also sure so I um had this bright idea to do chicken week a little over a year ago now because I had been pescatarian for three years and decided that I wanted to eat chicken And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit scared about eating chicken. Like, I don't think I'm just going to eat chicken like on the fly. You know, like if I was out to eat and someone was like, here, eat this piece of chicken, I would, I would kind of chicken myself. You know what I mean? I'd be a little scared. And so I was, I was saying to myself, all right, I think I just need to pick a day and that is going to be when it happens. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, there is no one day for chicken. Like there's so many meals that I hold so close to my heart that revolve around chicken. So I was like, you know what? I'll give myself a week and that way I can do all of the, you know, meals that I want to hit. And then if I decide I want to go back to being pescatarian, I can, or if I want to do more chicken, I can do more chicken. So chicken week arrived. I had actually had a small piece of chicken prior to that. But we did, we did a little chicken opening ceremony yes. where both Lily and Gigi began by just touching their tongue to the chicken and started to prepare for chicken week. Yes, at one of our most favorite establishments here in Los Angeles, Hurry Curry of Tokyo. Um, it is an establishment that I have been a patron at for many, 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 as many long years. As, I can remember. as long as I can remember. And basically, I then... So Chicken Week was about a year ago, I would say. And shortly after that, I went abroad where I was being given free meats all the time. (laughs) I couldn't say no to the free meats and the experience of being in Europe where, you know, obviously the meat and the the ham, the hamon was just so much a part of the culture that I didn't feel like I could turn it down. And now that I had opened the floodgates for my digestive system to handle such, you know, items, I felt now is the time. Now that I'm, you know, a year out from chicken week, I find myself eating chicken on a regular basis. I don't really eat much red meat. And when I'm cooking for myself, I do cook primarily vegetarian just because I'm not super talented in the meat cooking arts. Um, But yeah, chicken week was a great experience. It got some social media coverage. I think it was a fun adventure. And that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, Chicken Week was so fun. Um, I was also pescatarian for like 10 years. And because of Gigi's great creation, Chicken Week, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to get my chicken fix in. And then I was like, I'm never going back. And a year later, I now eat everything. So <laughs> I love Chicken Week and I love the, the way it's impacted me in my life. 
And it's been absolutely fabulous for me as well because I used to be surrounded by pescatarians and I've never personally been pescatarian. I have never been like the number one meat eater in the world. Like there are a lot of times when I will opt for the vegetarian option or just don't really like necessarily need meat in my life, but I love chicken. And I'm so glad that the three of us can go out and just enjoy chicken and all that it has to offer without any um, barriers to that. So I loved Chicken Week and now Chicken Life. Okay, so the next topic is that Gigi for a long time would say the phrase, I don't want to mess around and get addicted. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of feel like she's maybe gotten addicted. Gigi, do you care to explain what this addiction is to? Yes, of course. This addiction was to coffee. Most people in my life, uh, my immediate family, are all fully addicted to their morning coffee, to that rush of caffeine. And for a long time, I used the phrase, I don't want to mess around and get addicted because I didn't like the idea of you know, these headaches that people talk about from the withdrawal when you want to stop. And I don't like the idea of, of needing anything Being in the Being dependent morning. on something. Yeah, I didn't want it in feeling like I needed it in the morning to feel normal or anything like that. So I did my best to just enjoy the occasional coffee because I do quite enjoy coffee. But unfortunately, in quarantine, it has become such a highlight to my morning, to my day that I simply couldn't help but mess around and get addicted. It's something that brings so much light and joy to my day that I just simply couldn't ignore it any longer. Right. Um, And once again, this is super beneficial and happy in my life that Gigi has opened up her heart to the daily coffee routine. It brings me so much joy to just get people addicted to the things that I'm addicted to. And coffee is number one on my list. And like, there's just something so much more special about Gigi and I both waking up and having our coffee together, as opposed to like, I used to just have my coffee and Gigi would just be having her water, which is the perfect segue to our next topic for Gigi, which is her water related anxiety. Now, some people might think that water related anxiety has to do with being in bodies of water. This is not the case. I feel a sense of anxiety around not knowing when my next water fix (laughs) will come. By that, I mean, if I don't have my hydro flask, if I'm not like in a home with water readily available and I'm without water in that moment, I start to panic. I drink a lot of water on a daily basis and have for many years I don't know exactly how it started, but I think it was a number of skin-related factors. I've always been told that um, drinking a lot of water is really good for your skin, and I struggled with skin issues growing up. And on top of that, at one point, I was taking a medication for my acne that was a diuretic, which makes you pee all the time. And I was like, okay, I have to be super hydrated. And so over time, I think I really just grew, like again, a dependency on a high volume of water. And so I legitimately drink three to four of my 40 ounce um, bottles of my hydro flask on a daily basis. And if I don't get that, I will not only feel anxious and uncomfortable, but extremely irritable. 
um, my dear friend Anna, who has been on the podcast, sometimes will ask me, have you had enough water today? And it's it's as if you're asking, are you on your period right now? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like you're being extra irritable and annoying. Like, have your basic needs been <laughs> met? And oftentimes um, I get even more irritated the way that you would when someone says, are you on your period right now? But sometimes it is the case that I have not had enough water and I'm just having, you know, a hissy fit moment because of that. Yes. And the next thing that I would love to bring up about you is your talent for all things dancing. I have seen this shine recently with TikTok dances. As we've mentioned, I can't do them. So I have extra respect when Gigi learns them so quickly, whips them out, does a great job with them. Also, I've seen this, as we've mentioned, we work with kids over the summer, Gigi has taken on the role of teaching them dances, participating in all dance related things with the kids. So you being the greatest dancer, your want and desire to be a backup dancer one day, I would love for you to touch on all of that. Yes, of course. So dancing is something that um, has just always come very naturally to me, I think. Like I grew up taking dance classes. Lily and I have even taken a few dance classes in our day. Um, and it's just something that makes me feel such, such pure joy. And, and it's something that takes no effort, if that makes sense. Like it just, I I don't know, it just comes very naturally to me. And it, it does feel like a form of self-expression that, um, just really resonates with me. I I guess it's just kind of difficult to describe, but like I said, it just is something that comes naturally to me. Um, and I'm sorry, you had a, was there a specific question related to this or what was it that you said at the end? Uh, Your backup dancer? Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. So, um, for a little while I had the idea that if, you know, in some hypothetical world, there was no restraints as far as like abilities, money, anything that my dream job would be a backup dancer. This means I would get to travel the world. I would get to meet lots of cool people, interact with different cultures, get to dance all the time, be in great shape, have all those endorphins running through me all the time. And I now understand that that is not what, you know, the life of a professional backup dancer actually looks like. But again, in this hypothetical ideal world, that is what my dream job would be. Um, just because it seems like it would it would meld so many of my passions for dance, for interacting with different people, for travel, for all of these different things. Um, and I am known to dance when there's music, when there's not music, when I'm eating, at any time during the day. Yes, and you are great at it. Um, the next thing that I think you're really great at is I have always known you to be someone who is wise beyond their years. I've known you to give great advice, be some sort of therapist to me. And I bring this up because I feel like this is a very integral part of you in my perspective. And I understand that you might not have too many comments on this, so no pressure to give a whole explanation. Mm -hmm. But I just really wanted to bring that up because in your getting to know Gigi, that's kind of important. Okay. Well, this is a comment that I get a lot, actually, from friends of mine being like, I think you would make a great therapist. Like, I really think it's something that you could thrive at. And 
while I understand what people are trying to get at with that, and I think I can function that way as a friend, um, I think in reality, therapists aren't meant to talk as much as I do, nor are they meant to give such um, strong opinions the way that I do, or like such steadfast, you know, advice the way that I do. I think that therapists are more so supposed to listen and and gently guide, whereas I'm a little bit more personally invested in my friends situations right like therapists are supposed to like allow you the space to form your own opinions and come up with your own conclusions whereas and be impartial and yeah and be impartial which I feel like as wise and beautiful at advising you are I don't know that you would be able to like withhold your own opinion I do think that it it's something that gets at the core of my identity around helping others and around um, communication, understanding people, and wanting to problem solve. I think that I get so much enjoyment out of being able to talk through things with friends and helping them through things. Like I think it, it makes me feel accomplished and adds value to my life when I feel like I can be helping others. So another thing about Gigi that honestly the listeners potentially might know because we've talked about wise readers to runners and her love for exercise, but Gigi is a very great runner. She um, had plans of running a half marathon. Uh, We would love an update on how that's going. And I just wanted to take a minute to talk about your running, especially because you are the runner of wise readers to runners. Right. Okay. So I would say that running was something that I didn't naturally love as a kid. Like I think some people are very drawn to it um, and are good at it right off the bat. I would not say that this was my experience. I do think that at one point in high school, I had kind of an unhealthy obsessive um, tendency with running and that it wasn't really a great relationship because it was very much tied to my body image and those kinds of things. But I did have like a genuine love for it at that point albeit, you know, kind of tied to some yucky things. But, um, you know, I did kind of have to put running on the back burner when I realized that it was something that I I felt was kind of a negative force in my life. Uh, But luckily for me, within the last year or so, I have really found a loving place for it in my heart that is not attached to any yucky things, um, thoughts and feelings. And so I would say that part of the reason that I love running connected to dancing is that it's the feels like the closest thing I can do to dancing out in public um, without getting weird looks, if that makes sense. Like it's fast paced. It gets my endorphins going. I can run to the beat of the music. Music is very much a part of my love for running. Like I'm telling you right now, if you told me to run even more than I don't know, a quarter of a mile with no music, I would immediately tell you like, there is simply no way I'm doing that. So I would say that like, the love for running just comes from a love for music and a love for having my, you know, heart rate up and all of those positive things. And like, also, I think enjoying being outside and enjoying an activity that is so solo, Mm -hmm. you know, like we as we've talked about, I think a million times on this podcast, we really enjoy doing workout classes 
which is so fun because it is this communal experience and you get to go through the class, you know, with your friends, with strangers, with all these people. But running is such a solo activity. And in that way, I feel like it is, it can be quite therapeutic because it is like that alone time. Totally. I think that it is really important for me as far as alone time goes. Um, And I would say that it is a therapeutic activity for me as well. Totally. So this next topic for Gigi is also related to running in some way. It is that Gigi loves to foam roll. She loves to massage herself and others. She loves to soothe her sore muscles. And she even enjoys partaking in an activity she calls nancying. Yeah. Okay. So foam rolling is something that I think it is the definition of something that hurts so good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a certain pain and pleasure that does a, a dance together. Yeah. Um, and it just, it truly brings so much happiness into my life when I feel like my body is aching and things aren't feeling right and I can foam roll and feel like, okay, I'm actually making things better in my body mm-hmm. in, in a matter of, 10 minutes, you know? Um, And as far as massaging uh, myself and others, (laughs) I feel like that sounds sort of weird, but I do think I have a good understanding of like what muscle tension I have in my body and how I can alleviate that. Mm -hmm. And then also what muscle tension um, other people are having, if they can describe it to me. And I feel like I can um, pretty effectively help others with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I know how good it feels to have some of that tension alleviated that I feel so happy to give that to others when they don't know how to give it to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and you definitely have soothed my muscles at some point. Um, do you want to explain without going into too much detail what nancying is? Yeah. So I think that nancying is something that a lot of people know by many different names. To be honest, like scratching is a little too aggressive. Yeah. It's like um, arm tickles. Well, it could be anywhere, but it's like light tickling. It's yeah. like light um, scratching or running your fingers over someone's skin like, I, I don't know what other names people use for this, <laughs> but I think that, like, many of us might have experienced this with our moms or with, like, a romantic partner or, you know, in whatever situation. Um, and it's something that my dear friend Anna and I have done for many years. Some, it's something that we do, like, if we're watching a movie or something, we'll be like, okay, let's Nancy. Um, and that just simply means that we'll take turns you know, kind of scratching each other's back. Um, you also do really enjoy a back scratch. I do really like a full en- I do, back scratch. I do really enjoy a, a back scratch as well. Um, you know, she scratches my back, I scratch hers. In more ways than one. Literally and figuratively. Now, Gigi, do you want to introduce the topic that you brought up about yourself? Sure. So something that I feel passionate about is something I like to call pay before you eat. This is establishments, restaurants, where you are able to order and pay before you get your food. Now, this for some people might indicate that like I like to rush through a meal or that I have somewhere I need to be. 
And that is not necessarily the case. My passion for pay before you eat is just that I think I have this tendency to get out like the, the, the irritating or like the nuisance part of an activity out of the way first so that I can truly enjoy, you know, my meal, enjoy the time that I'm spending with others. And then if we choose to linger, we are more than welcome to do so. But there's no like irritation of having to wait for the check, get the check, sign the check, send it back, whatever. All of this rigmarole that goes into the check is so bothersome because maybe sometimes I am in a rush. Maybe sometimes there is somewhere I need to be. And maybe sometimes I just want to linger with my friends and family. But at the end of the day, I want that decision to be up to me. And that is why I think pay before you eat is the way that every establishment should go. Now, I understand you might say, oh, well, what if I want to order something extra? Then you pay for that something extra on the spot when you want it. End of story. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel as strongly towards the pay before you eat as Gigi does. I don't think anyone on this earth feels as strongly as you do. But what I what I do enjoy is like just bringing the check with the food. Yeah, like that's enough for me. Okay, you know, or like just as quickly as possible, like making sure that the check arrives. That that's all that I ask for. But I also don't understand like why there has to be all of this. Um, like an insinuation about the check that like if it arrives with the food that they're rushing you out because they're trying to make more money or like if you don't ask for the check, you won't get the check because they want to give you the time that you need. It's like what I like about pay before you eat is that it eliminates this like stress around, around staying or leaving or taking up the table or not. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, I just don't get stressed about it, but I could see how you how you could. And I probably have gotten stressed about it in the past when I am in a rush. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next topic for Gigi is that she can sometimes be very blunt, very straightforward, and is never afraid to point out when something awkward, weird, or unusual is going down, oftentimes in situations where other people would prefer not to acknowledge it. So... I mean, I can't think of any specific instances where this is the case, but I feel like I have this tendency because I feel more uncomfortable not acknowledging things. Right. And like, in my mind, when you acknowledge something just matter of factly or in like a lighthearted way, it makes things a lot more comfortable for everyone. And like, I want to stress that I'm not the type of person to like make things more awkward by pointing things out like I don't think that I do that do I no but I think sometimes for other people like they're just not used to it Uh uh-huh so it does catch them off guard sometimes okay yeah I don't know but I I like this quality and I feel like I relate to it on some level Mm -hmm. um but I do feel like every once in a while we'll be in some type of awkward situation And Gigi will be the first to, like, kind of start nudging everyone and being like, something weird is going on right now. I think it's just because I have a tendency to feel like any situation, any feeling, any person, whatever, like, there's a reason that it's going on. It's not like it's just happening for no reason. So it's like, if we can just address it out in the open... It's not that weird at the end of the day. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay, so the next topic about Gigi is some specifications around shoes. 
I will point out that right now, Gigi is wearing shoes, whereas Lily and I are both barefoot. Lily has socks. I do not. Gigi is almost always wearing her shoes. Oftentimes, if she comes home from being somewhere, she will take hours to take off her shoes. She has fallen asleep um, to take a nap with her shoes on, which I think is so weird because I cannot fall asleep with my shoes on. On top of this, I find that Gigi most oftentimes wears sneakers or sometimes slides and rarely deviates from those shoes. Um, Or not rarely, but I just want to say that sneakers seem to be Gigi's preferred shoe. And on top of that, one of her favorite things to look for in a potential mate is the boy's shoes. Are they the right shoes? And she believes that shoes indicate if she will have a preference for that boy. Wow. Okay. So there's so many aspects of this to address. <laughs> First of all, I feel like I'm getting better about taking my shoes off. Okay. I, think, I mean, it's not something you need to get better at. Like I know. And I think especially during quarantine, I just barely put shoes on. So like it doesn't become an issue. <laughs> um, in this instance, um, I went out for a walk before we recorded this podcast. Right. And after this podcast, we'll probably go do some dashing or pick up some food for ourselves. So it's like, what reason do I have to take my shoes off and then put them back on? Your comfort. No, but that's the thing. I don't, like, if anything, my comfort is more with my shoes on. And like, right, I know but that's, that's what I'm trying to indicate, I know, that's what I'm trying to explain. <laughs> and I know that that sounds weird, but like, for example, I guess it's more about socks than it is about shoes. I hate the sensation of like my feet getting dirty or like my feet touching little granules on the floor (laughs) or like bugs on the floor. Like whatever the fuck is on the floor, I don't want it on my feet. So the more that I can eliminate that sensation, the better. Um, And like, Obviously, in my own home, it's not that likely. It's not bug infested <laughs> with granules everywhere. But like, for example, at my apartment at school where we don't, we're not like constantly cleaning the floor. Like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, my roommate Carly is a great, um, diligent cleaner of the floor. Shout out Carly. Shout Love out you. Carly. But like, even still, the carpet sometimes has some shit in it. Like, whatever. People There's- are shitting on your carpet. <laughs> Listen, there's granules, there's sand, there's whatever. I love this phrase of granules on the floor. Okay, no, but Gigi, I understand. And what my solution to the granules is slippers. Like, I love yeah. wearing slippers all the I time. Love, I love wearing slippers too. Slippers or um, socks or whatever. I especially, here's my biggest issue with the granules, <laughs> is I don't want any fucking granules in my bed. Right. Gigi's very particular about, like, her bed. Like, I have to typically ask permission to sit on it even. (laughs) And me me putting my feet or my shoes anywhere near a bed or couch is, like, literally Gigi will go off on me. I just feel like the more we get into this episode, the deeper that we get with each topic, the more I'm coming off as just so fucking bizarre. No, not at all. Like everyone has these things. Like, I guess that's you're right. literally what what we did in Lily's episode and my episode. We just talked about okay. all of the weird things okay. that go on. It's okay. also very important to me that we talk about your shoe 
thing with boys yeah. because it's something that you've kind of instilled in me to a degree where I never in my life would have looked at the shoes that a boy was wearing and thought, mm, bad, good. Because of Gigi <laughs> doing that, I now do it. I think I've maybe even made some other people in my life do it. Oh. So I think it's important that you just okay. explain that quickly. Sure, sure. I, for some time, like I, I can't tell you when it started exactly, but for as long as I can remember, um, you know, liking boys it mattered to me what footwear they were sporting. Mm -hmm. Athletic shoes indicate something weird. Like there are very few instances where a guy wearing athletic shoes is someone that I want to be romantically involved with. Um, And I'm trying to be more open-minded about this. I don't mean to come off as like a total bitch and that I have like super specifications with this kind of thing. But I just think that the shoes say a lot about the person and their style, what kind of lifestyle they lead, all of these different things. And so shoes and pants are also important because the pants really shouldn't be touching the shoes. Like... I know that there are some of you out there listening that are like, what the fuck is she on? And there are some of you out there listening going, hell yeah, Gigi, thank you for saying what's needed to be said for years. The pants cannot touch the shoes unless you are expert fashion level, unless Mm. you know what the fuck you're doing and you're going for some 90s look where like the shoes are touching the pants. I don't trust you to let the shoes touch the pants. Wait, so you're telling me you don't like when boys tuck their skinny jeans into their Chelsea boots? Um, I don't even want to and, comment and on wear, that. And wear a pea coat. Listen, the only the only person I'll ever forgive for doing that is Harry Styles. True, honestly, true. Okay, I think Harry Styles could get away with anything. Yeah, in my book, he can. I actually recently saw some throwback photos of him in Abercrombie, and that did repulse me. Yeah, um, but moving on. Okay, so the next topic about Gigi is that she has a very complicated relationship with naps, napping. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I would say that especially during quarantine, my relationships with my relationship with naps has pretty much been non-existent. I've been on a pretty good sleep schedule that hasn't required napping, but I will say that, you know, throughout high school, throughout college a bit, I am known to take very long naps. Um, I know that this is bothersome to some of the people in my life when they can't get a hold of me midday. They're like, what on earth could she possibly be doing? And all it is is that I am unconscious in my own dreamscape. So, I mean, I'm doing my best to get out of this whole nap cycle. I think that it's a a negative force in my life when napping is present. But sometimes it just feels good, you know? It just feels right and it's what my body needs. And I will admit, sometimes I wake up from a nap and I'm like, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. Like I really wish I hadn't done that. So... That's all I have to say on my complicated relationship with naps. Cool. So the next topic about Gigi is that one of her favorite food items, in my opinion, is a bowl. She loves a food bowl. She loves to make a bowl. She loves to get a bowl at a restaurant to cite a couple specific examples. She loves a pokey bowl. She loves to get a Mexican healthy bowl. She loves to get a specific bowl from one of our favorite restaurants, Little Ruby. She loves to get a bowl from Bluestone Lane. She loves to make her own bowls at home for dinner. She loves a bowl. Yeah, uh, totally. I would say that like on a menu, my eyes go to the bowl and like 
it's it's what I'm most likely going to get when I see a bowl on a menu. Yeah. I make bowls for my dinner because I find it's easy, it's quick, and it's kind of just like whatever I have on hand. And it's also, in my mind, the best of all worlds. Yeah. You know, you get a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, like, that's what I love so much about bowls. And, like, it's way more satiating than a salad because it has usually some rice or, like, a grain or something. Yeah. And it has a dressing. It has sometimes veggies, fruits, cheese, protein. Like, it really – you know, bowls in general I feel are very, like, well-rounded dinner or lunch item yeah um so I'm totally with you Gigi on the bowls but I do just think it's funny because like nine out of ten times if there's a bowl on the menu Gigi cannot resist it totally like no matter the contents like you'll find a way to make the bowl yours yeah (laughs) and while we're talking about things that Gigi loves to eat there's um a sort of persona that Gigi maybe takes on from time to time when she's eating and I think Liesl and I also can be this person sometimes too. Yeah. His name is Ravenous Travenous, better known as Rav Trav. And he is a wonderful creature that I would love for Gigi <laughs> to explain to the wise babies. Yeah. So Rav Trav um, is a word that we have thrown around for a few years now. I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, it originated from a Tyler Oakley YouTube video. His brother is named Travis. Oh my gosh. If, like, I, maybe I'm pulling this out of the deep depths of my brain and I'm totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is correct. Um, and he like came up with this word of ravenous travenous for his brother about something. And then I just kind of like took it on and it's been shortened to Rav Trav. Like we never really say Ravenous Travenous. Yeah. Um, I'm skeptical that Tyler Oakley has anything to do with Ravenous Travenous, but um, yes, we do use Rav Trav all the time. Okay. And well, either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. I think to explain the phenomenon of Rav Trav, like it is not going to a restaurant and ordering a bunch of items or, you know, ordering something that's like super quote unquote unhealthy or whatever. The phenomenon of Rav Trav is just when nothing is satisfying you. And so you end up going down so many different snack or um, kind of, you know, just options in the kitchen. Like you start out with some goldfish, then you eat a piece of bread, then you eat some yogurt, then you eat an apple, then you eat a banana, then you eat some granola, then you're back to the goldfish. Like it's, it's that feeling when just like nothing satisfies you. And for me, it personally manifests a lot in like, having something sweet and then needing something salty and then wanting sweet again and salty and sweet and salty. Yeah, totally. I think that it is just an insatiable experience of, of no one item satisfying your needs. And like Liesl is saying, you'll go from sweet to salty, salty to sweet. You'll go for something that's more of like a meal. Like sometimes when I find myself in the Rav Trav, I'll be like, you know what? Maybe all your body needs right now, Gigi, is like, a more substantial meal. So I'll have a more substantial meal. And then I'm still like, what is what, like, what do you need? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to listen (laughs) and my body isn't like telling me outright. So I just wind up experimenting in the kitchen to find out what it is that I need. But sometimes I also want to be rap trap. Like I'll be like, okay, like I just feel like snacking and eating everything it's time to turn my rav trav on Mm -hmm. and it there's something about rav trav like you're saying lily when you want to turn it on and when you or not even when you purposely turn it on but just when you accept it like when i just say out loud like i'm in rav trav and like i'm just gonna let myself like 
bop around to different snacks and eat whatever the F I want right now. Like, even even if nothing completely satisfies me, like, this is what I feel like doing. Yeah. And just accepting that and just letting your body want what it wants is a really satisfying feeling, in my opinion. And it's great to have the shorthand of Rav Trav. Mm-hmm. Um, the new cousin to Ravenous Travenous that has recently come up is Gaseous Cassius. There's Gaseous Cassius and Nauseous Cautious. <laughs> yeah. um, gaseous Cassius is when you're having some <laughs> gastrointestinal experiences and Nauseous Cautious is when you're feeling nauseous. Yeah, so, you know, you can be feeling Rav Trav, Gaseous Cassius, and Nauseous Cautious all at once. <laughs> I hope um, you're not, I don't though. recommend that. <laughs> But I do recommend you to use these phrases in your life. They're a very helpful shorthand. And it's great to just be like, are you cautious right now? You know, and then you, who who knows what you're talking about? You know, it's a great shorthand. So we would highly recommend utilizing that. Okay. So Gigi, thank you so much for having us feature you. I think that our wise babies got to learn so much more about you and even people who are close to you probably ended up learning one or two things that were probably new to them. Um, Thank you so much for all of your fun stories and your great things that you share. Truly, I love you so much. You are my favorite sister in the world and I'm so glad that I got to share all of these fun things about you. So now we get the pleasure of hearing some of your favorite things, some recommendations that you specifically have for our wise babies. Yes, so a Gigi blast from the past recommendation, get in the kitchen and make some eggless cookie dough. I do also recommend eating regular cookie dough. I do not believe in salmonella, (laughs) so do what you gotta do, just eat some cookie dough. And I will also say one of our favorite um, dessert places in LA, Big Chill, has a lot of different varieties of eggless cookie doughs that they are, do vegan cookie dough or, yeah. yeah vegan um they're excellent and they even have a celebration cake or whatever birthday cake cookie dough literally incredible so good so maybe even try making that you can mess around with different flavors totally um then my next recommendation is a movie recommendation one of my favorites is slumdog millionaire i feel like it's a movie that a lot of people around our age were too young to see when it was big and when it was, you know, winning an Oscar or whatever, get it was critically acclaimed and in the news and whatnot. Um, but it's just a really great adventure movie with love and romance and some funny moments. And I just think it's a really well done movie with an interesting plot that sort of unfurls in a creative way. Totally. Then my next recommendation is to put on your headphones um lock your door and just dance around in your room by yourself I do this on a somewhat regular basis and I genuinely think that it lifts my mood has me feeling good um and I would totally recommend it my final recommendation is mess around and get addicted go get yourself a morning cup of joe however you like to prepare it this morning i had an iced coffee we have a little foaming machine so i made some cold foam poured that on top of my iced coffee it was absolutely delicious thank you for listening to sophomore citizens the podcast by young people for young people with new episodes every thursday and sunday so we'll see you wise babies then Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sophomore Citizens and the same on TikTok and make sure to leave a five-star review.